Hello and welcome to the Midweek Podcast, where we explore what it looks like to flourish as disciples of Jesus in the COVID-19 world. I'm Matt Deason, and I'm here with Tracy Batterton, and we are officially, I think tomorrow is officially one month of uh, Into Shelter at Home, and in case you are sitting at home and wondering what day it is, today is a Wednesday. Uh, Many of us are fasting today and committing time to prayer, and today's topic for our midweek podcast is generosity. We want to explore what it looks like to be a generous people, and we want to talk about why it's so vital in this moment of global turbulence uh, to be uh, a generous people. But before we jump into talking about generosity, uh, I actually want to start by talking about uh, culture shock. Uh, Tracy and I were chatting just now before starting the recording and just checking in with each other. And we were both recognizing uh, that our emotions and even our sense of disorientation and shock have kind of gone in waves with all of the the changes that have taken place through COVID-19 and kind of comparing that to uh, culture shock when you're entering a foreign country. Um, do you have any thoughts on that, Tracy? Yeah, it's amazing, Matt, that uh, first of all, it's great to be with you this morning and everybody who's listening, uh, I hope you're well. Um, I was just reflecting on just sharing about, you know, what's been going on in our family and how we're, you know, feeling and doing emotionally, physically, spiritually, all of that. And I was brought back to a time when we uh, as a family uh, moved to Canada when I was in seminary. And uh, since, since, uh, uh, Vancouver, BC is close to the state of Washington, and it's you know fairly similar uh, culture and socioeconomic place where we were going. I really thought that we would we wouldn't experience any kind of culture shock, and yet about six weeks in, sure enough, when they told us that you know it could affect you in terms of how you're feeling, what you're thinking, sleep patterns, all of that, um, the same type of thing affected us. And so I, I just think that it's it's good to be aware of the fact that as we are all going through this COVID-19 crisis in our own ways, in our own families, with our own experiences, there's a lot of stuff that gets internalized. And as that gets internalized, it starts to build up and eventually it comes out in different ways. That's really what culture shock is, and I think that's what we're experiencing a little bit maybe right now as we're four to six weeks into this whole shelter-in-place, even in this, even in Spokane. Right. Yeah, and I really resonated with that analogy because I even think of my first experience kind of traveling outside the U.S. and going to India, and it was like landing in this totally foreign place by myself on the other side of the world. The first couple hours are very disorienting, and then you kind of settle in, and you're like, oh, okay, well, now I'm kind of running off adrenaline the first week is awesome but then you know a weekend you kind of get another wave of like wait i really am in a very foreign place this is weird and then you settle in and you're like wow this is awesome again and then you're right like four to six weeks in you get this really settled like wow everything's been accumulating and all of a sudden i kind of feel disoriented again and so in the same way that culture shock goes in waves I think it's good for us to just like process our own emotions and recognize, well, that's that happens to us too and is happening to many of us where we had that initial shock, like the first week was just so disorienting and then you kind of settle in and say, oh, I get it. 
But it's okay for us around this four to six week mark to really be hitting that again and feeling like, oh, why am I, you know, why am I so frustrated? Why am I so upset? Why, you know, why is my, my patience running thin? Why do I like, why am I like going back and re-wrestling with those original emotions of shock and disorientation? Um, and just, I think that the simplest way we could say is it's okay. Like we're all kind of, you're not the only one who's experiencing that. Uh, if you're listening to this, I think all of us are kind of feeling those waves come and maybe next week will be great again. And we'll say, oh, okay. I kind of, I kind of process that. Um, but it's good to just recognize the things that are building up in our own emotions and experiences through this. Exactly. And I think one of the best things we can do is just talk about them. Just right. be aware of it. Just give ourselves permission to talk about it. And wh- however however those things are sort of presenting themselves in our own lives, whether it's sleeplessness or maybe a little more irritability or frustration, like you mentioned, it's okay. And let's talk through that together. Right. So yeah, just a brief encouragement at the start here to just continue processing those emotions, sharing them with others, uh, whether it's, um, you know, if you're, you live with roommates or you're part of a, a, an immediate family or whatever it is, but also just processing with other people in our community uh, and recognizing, man, wow, last week was great. And this week's really hard again. And I'm not quite sure why, but yeah, we'd encourage you to continue processing those things. We're going to continue through all of this, uh, not only praying and fasting on Wednesdays, but also releasing these midweek podcasts to just help us all process the moment that we're in. And uh, today's topic is actually not uh, kind of culture shock at the four to six week mark, as fascinating as that is. But what we really want to talk about is generosity. We want to talk about what it looks like to be a generous people, to um, practice um, radical and joyful giving in this moment of uh, global turbulence. And specifically, we want to focus in on generosity toward our global partners, our brothers and sisters around the world, our co-laborers in the kingdom of God. And so, Tracy, I want to start by handing it over to you. Maybe you could start by just giving us an update or a snapshot on how COVID-19 has been affecting many of uh, the churches and partners in our global regions beyond family. Yeah, thanks, Matt. It's amazing how this COVID-19 crisis is affecting every part of our world. Um, I get to correspond with a lot of people and keep uh, in contact with them. And I'm seeing like even in the African nations, countries like South Africa or Lesotho or Liberia, and they're shut down and sheltering in place like we are, but with much more serious ramifications in some cases when job security is more closely related to food security in their own lives. Uh, India, Pakistan, Nepal, Bhutan, these are all people and places where we have churches where we're partnering with, uh, but they're all experiencing the same conditions. They're forced to remain in their homes and they're unable to work. And in many cases, that causes just a lack of very basic life requirements like food and water and shelter and warmth. Um, I spoke with Fusi McQuena last week. He described the changes to life in Dubai, one of the, you know, the city of Dubai, one of the most technically sophisticated cities in the world where they cannot go out of their homes without applying for and receiving a travel permit. And many of you know we have close relationships and and a partnership with the regions beyond churches in the Philippines. So in Manila, Bulacan, Kalookan, Tagig City, They're under house restriction, uh, not even able to leave their homes in some areas, just being patrolled by the uh, military. And in all of these areas, what I'm finding is our partnership, not only in prayer with these churches, but our generosity is impacting the gospel advance 
and helping them, really, truly helping them in a time of great need. Yeah, and I think it's important because every time we flip on the news, all we see is what's happening in America, which there, yeah, there's obviously like big stuff happening here too. But I really do see a world of difference between our experience here, not to downplay the difficulty, but when you go over to some of those countries, the um, gap between like working, getting money from that day and buying food from that day is a much, much uh, tighter gap than what we experience here. And so when you're told, hey, everybody go shelter in place and the military is patrolling the streets, like you're not allowed to leave your home till we tell you you can leave your home. Well, that means you're not working and they don't have the security systems that we have. They don't have all these employers saying, hey, we'll just we'll keep paying you. They don't have government stimulus checks coming. They just say, well, I basically make enough each day to feed myself each day. And now I can't work, so how am I supposed to feed myself? And I'm not allowed to come out of my home or else I could potentially get arrested. Uh, and so that's just a very, very different um, experience. And I, I think that has to factor in. Us understanding where they're at and what they're going through has to factor into our generosity and kind of how we approach that topic. Uh, but do you want to share it all? I think it's been really encouraging to actually see what our community has been able to do so far and the impact that that's had on some of these communities. Yeah. Early on, we were able to uh, release some funds uh, in the African nations. You know, many of you knew that Matt and I and, and Chris were headed to South Africa for a conference. And so we had been able to uh, provide some some funds to bring some of the local pastors up to the conference and cover their conference fee. And so we were able to just release that conference fee money into them. And and some of the things that they're doing with that and, and how they're able to turn around, purchase food, basic necessities, um, give that right back out into the community is just, it's, it's amazing to me to see how they live so generously in the midst of what we might think is is real need. And yet they live a life of abundance because they understand the whole concept of what it means to live together in the gospel. Wow. And the, both those things have been really encouraging to me. One is to see just how far our generosity goes and how much of an impact it has. Because it's one thing to sit on our end and just think, oh yeah, I'm going to like click a button here, click a button there. Um, you know, there's 50 bucks, there's 200, you know, you, you, you had a friend donate a thousand, you know, but to us, they can just, sometimes it can feel a little bit like empty numbers. of just like, oh yeah, like I, this, this is kind of what I feel stirred to give, but just to see, and we plan to release some um, photos and videos over the course of the next few days um, on Slack. And I'm just kind of showing uh, some of the impact that it's having, but it's, that's been so energizing to me is to see some of these videos and pictures coming back of of what they're doing with these funds and they're being so they're so generous so it's encouraging to think like wow i can be like a college student and give forty dollars and to see what forty dollars can do in the philippines is like whoa that's awesome to see how many people that's feeding as they're like on house arrest basically um and so that's encouraging on the one level but the other one is to see as we are dispersing funds to our friends in South Africa and to the Philippines, uh, they're not just seeing this as like, oh, great, now I can eat. They're turning right around and just going out into the community with this and saying, like, who who needs help? Who needs food? Um, and even what you were saying about the church in the Philippines, where we look at the Philippines and think, oh, my gosh, like $40 goes a long way. You guys are like 
you know, I'm really hanging by a thread here financially. This just isn't good. But they are setting aside money to send to nations that are in greater need than they are, um, even as they're in this situation. And so that's just been very encouraging, I think. It's amazing to me when I hear about the levels of generosity from countries that, that, that we, we would look at based on our own experience and say, wow, they're really at a, at a lower you know, standard of living. And yet they live so generously and they see the need around the world and they want to, they want to be a part of that. They want to be a part of God's kingdom expanding in places even outside of where they are. So yeah, it's very encouraging. That's awesome. Well, yeah, I think this is such a crucial time for us to be gen- generous with what we have. And we talked in one of the previous at midweek podcast episodes about fear versus faith. And in that episode, we kind of talked about the difference of how fear kind of causes us to um, pull back and turn inward and kind of hoard our resources. And yet you have faith and love on the other hand that turn us outward and we, and, and to see the other and to be generous. And we really feel like this is a time for us to be operating in faith and not in fear. And I've specifically felt like this is really a time for us as a community to step out and risk. And um, so I, I want to get to that and kind of what that looks like practically but maybe we could just briefly kind of lay uh, a basic framework for what this radical generosity looks like from from the Bible. So Tracy, do you have any thoughts? Like as we as we think about generosity, we look out into the nations, we see the need, uh, and and then what do we see when we look into Scripture, and how should that inform what we do in the coming days, weeks, and months? Yeah, that's a great thought, Matt. I think that, first of all, we, we see living generously or this principle of generosity as a spiritual discipline. And we look at that by by seeing the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. Um, his words, his teaching leads us to live generously. Um, he had so many teachings on money and trusting God and seeking the kingdom first. And we, we can't do that, Jesus said, if we're ser- serving both God and money. So that's part right. of the kind of the understanding of living generously. Many passages in scriptures where this emphasis is on living generously is seen. Um, I think of Jesus and uh, and just his teachings on what it means to live in faith and generosity. But Paul also speaks something along the same lines in 2 Corinthians uh, 2 Corinthians 8, 7, he said, But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love that we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Mm. And as I was pondering that, I there's a passage in Scripture um, in the Old Testament. Uh, one of the passages that's been on my heart you know, in thinking through this is from the life of David. If we go back about a thousand years before the life of Jesus and Paul uh, to First Chronicles 29, in First Chronicles 29, we find this amazing account of David, King David, at the end of his life. And you know, many of you know the story. Plans for funding the building of the temple are being made. Uh, it's been David's passion for much of his life to do this. But the task of building it has been given by God to Solomon to build. You remember that that uh, verse when Nathan said, you know, he wasn't going to be able to do that because he had blood on his hands. Right. And there's this remarkable statement in First Chronicles 29 and verse 14 in which David says this. He says, who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? 
Hmm. What David is saying, and I think realizing, is that he counts it as such a privilege to be a part of God's plan. I can't get over the fact that you, God, are letting us, hmm. inviting us to give to this. That's what David's yeah. thinking a, and yeah, saying. What a privilege. That's yeah, awesome. exactly. To building your temple, a holy place for you amongst your people. And this response of David, if we think about it, is such an unusual response. And why is that? I, I, was, I was just brought back to the many, many years in ministry that Jenny and I have been part of church life and been a part of church leadership. And in all the years that we've been in ministry or leading churches, I've never heard people say, I just can't believe that you're letting us give towards this <laughs> offering. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so pleased I'm here today. I didn't want this opportunity missed that oh I can give. You know, I, you know, we say that jokingly, but in reality, that's what's at the heart of David's response. He's saying, who am I that I should be allowed to give? I really want us, I want us as a church, um, I want us, you know, in this podcast to touch something of that heart, hopefully. And I think that's what's reflected in what Paul is saying to the Corinthians about the churches in Macedonia, that they were such examples in giving and generosity, not for what or how much they gave, but for the attitude that they had and the passion about the privilege of participating in giving. And how did David get to that point of realizing this privilege that he had and that God's people, he and God's people were having and being able to give? And I think there's just a couple simple things that that point to that. One is that he had a magnificent view of God. David realized that everything comes from God. In verse 12 of 1 Chronicles 29, he says, wealth and honor come from you. David remembers that he had nothing. Even the sheep he looked after were his father's sheep. And then he looks around and he sees this incredible list of things that he is going to be able to give towards the building of the temple. He started out as a shepherd, probably not even able to, to, to buy his own staff and sling. And now he's the king of God's people saying, who am I? He's basically saying, like I think we we all would be pointed to, it all belongs to God. Everything I have is gift from God. And some people might say, yeah, but you know I've worked hard for this. I've studied hard. I've applied myself. Or more recently, you know, we hear people saying, and I hear people around the community saying, I need what I have in order to survive this crisis we're in right now. There are moments in our lives when we see that. I think the older you get, the more you reflect, look back, and realize the truth that we worship a God who has made everything out of nothing, who has given us everything for just the joy of being a part of what he is doing. It's not because of a need God has that we give. And so to participate and be involved in giving is such a privilege. And that's that's what David realized. You know, he's at the end of his life. He's old. Life is short. And he's thinking to himself, I get to be a part of this. I get to be a part of God's kingdom coming. And even though he, it's, it's thousands of years later when it's going to come to fruition, and even today, you know, we're a part of that heritage. We're a part of that, that investment or that generosity that, gave it, that David had. And so 
I, I love that fact. I love the fact that we get to be a part of that, that we we get to be a part of what God is doing to see his kingdom come. And uh, I remember when we first, uh, you know, put the first banner up uh, in the, in the, on the wall at uh, River's Edge. And uh, the, one of the first banners said, um, in Spokane, as it is in heaven. Right. You know, that's, that's why we're here. We get to be a part of what God is doing. And that's why it's such a privilege to, to see our friends, the friends we have around the world, as partners and not projects. And, mm-hmm. and when we give, we're giving to the kingdom coming in the Philippines or in Bhutan or India or wherever it might be. And uh, those are just a few thoughts I have about scripture. Um, Our hearts always turn or our thoughts always turn to 2 Corinthians 9. Each of you should give in accordance to what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Mm. And uh, I think it's just, it's just a, a real testimony to God wanting us to live generously. And what a privilege we have to excel, like they did, in giving wherever we have the opportunity to participate in the privilege of giving into God's kingdom. Yeah, I love what you said. I think it's just been such a powerful reminder for me um, as being somebody who's yeah younger and just kind of starting off with a family and and having that impulse of like, oh man, it always feels like we could use extra money, but not only having the perspective of where um, other people are at around the world, but also it's just such a key truth to hold on to that like, well, my stuff really isn't mine. Like we were all David. We all like came into the world with nothing. We're all going to leave the world with nothing. We can't bring anything with us. And God's entrusted something to us in the meantime. And so really seeing what we have is coming for from God and as something that we can use for God and for his kingdom, uh, I think is I think is really exciting. Um, and I'll, I'll mention as kind of a side note that the global family of churches that we're a part of, Regions Beyond, has started a global relief fu- fund uh, in light of COVID-19. And so in addition to giving to our specific partners directly, as we have been doing in the South Africa and to South Africa and the Philippines and some other places, uh, our hope is also to set some money aside for that global fund that will get distributed um, potentially to dozens of, of different nations around the world. Um, But one of the things that I've just loved about being part of the Regions Beyond Global Family is that line that you just said. They've made such a point from the beginning to say the poor are not a project. They're our partners. And um, I, I had never seen it put on display quite the way that they were living it out. And I saw that and thought, well, this is different. Like this, this truly is a partnership. Um, And we've really experienced that. And so in making this big push and this big call to our to our community to River's Edge to say, hey, this is the time for us to step up. This is the time for us to be generous. Uh, we don't want any of this to come off as like a world relief, you know, commercial or something. I mean, world relief's done some great things, but you most sure. of you probably remember those commercials on TV where it's kind of like, you know, the, the wealthy Western white guy was strolling through a very poor African village and saying, just donate money so that these people can eat. Uh, but this is different. What we're talking about, it's sharing among brothers and sisters. And there's an ama- there's ma- amazing examples of this in Scripture. So to just name a few, Acts chapter 11, uh, there's a famine that's predicted or prophesied that's going to come throughout the, the Roman world. 
And so in preparation for that, those who have more begin giving generously to send their money to a different part of the world to people who have less in anticipation of this coming. Uh, Again, in Romans 15, you have the Gentiles collecting an offering for the poor in Jerusalem, uh, which is not only a different part of the world, but it crossed the Jew and Gentile divide that was so deep in the ancient world. And you see these examples as you're reading through scripture where, hey, there's famine or need in one place and there's abundance in another. And it's not always the same, but the there always seems to be money, prayer, resources moving from the places of abundance to the places of need. We redistribute and we share with the body, uh, knowing full well that if the situation were reversed, oh my gosh, our friends in the Philippines and South Africa would be the first the first people to show up on our doorstep and say, what do you need? Exactly. That's so true. I There's not a single day that goes by that I don't get uh, a WhatsApp chat or a response from someone around the world asking, how are you doing? How can we pray for you? That's their heart. Their heart is to to support us, to encourage us, to be with us, because it's very true. We're, we're partners in this together. Yeah, one of my uh, favorite passages from Scripture on this topic, and the one that God really placed heavily on my heart for us as a community in this time is, uh, Tracy, you shared a verse from it earlier, but it's 2 Corinthians 8. Uh, and I just want to read this uh, over us. It, this is what it says. It says, Now, Brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, unprovoked, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people, and they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us or to their apostolic leadership. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made at the beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. Uh, but since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, in the love we have kindled in you, see also that you excel in the grace of giving. And there is, oh, there's so much in this one paragraph that we could unpack, but you see from start to finish how much this generosity is rooted in God's grace, which is really sort of the focus of our Sunday series through the book of Galatians, exploring the radical grace of God. And, and, and Paul's saying, this all comes out of grace. It's the abundant grace of God that informs everything that we do. It teaches us to love. It teaches us to share. It teaches us to risk. And then it says, out of their poverty swelled up a rich generosity, which is a beautiful picture. Uh, we're not necessarily like in poverty, but just that image that out, because of grace swelling up out of their hearts comes this rich generosity. And then comes my favorite phrase that's in here. It says, they gave as much as they were able, even beyond their ability. And if I could just sum up like this podcast, our heart behind it, what I feel like God's placed on my heart, it's that line. They gave as much as they were able, even beyond your ability. I mean, that that's it for me. 
Um, that's what I, I sense God's calling us to as a community. We want to give what we're able, uh, even beyond our ability. You see that, that it has everything to do with grace in the midst of this very severe trial, but out of overflowing joy, out of grace, there's this rich abundance that wells up and they gave even beyond what they were able to, which to me just has this element of like risk for the sake of the kingdom of God. Um, and then the final verse that I'll share uh, that's really been resonating with me uh, is the words of Jesus from Mark chapter six. And he says so much about money and generosity, but this one line really stood out to me. Jesus says to his disciples, he says, give and it will be given to you a good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Hmm. Uh, and I just love this image of us like pouring out a generous offering, overflowing into the laps of those who need it most right now. And God's in the background rejoicing over that. And at the same time saying, I'm going to do the same thing to you, for you. I'm going to pour into your lap this rich sense of joy and blessing and abundance. And so in light of all that, what we see in the early church, what we hear in terms of Jesus instructing his disciples, what we see when we turn on the news and chat with our friends around the world, I just have the sense that this is our time. Yeah. Um, not only are we some of the wealthiest people hmm. globally speaking, uh, I think the statistic I heard recently is that if you make $35,000 a year or more, you're already in the top 1% of the global population. Yeah. And that's most of us, uh, within, within our community are at 35,000 and above in that top 1%. Uh, and then in addition to all that, to top it all off, uh, the government is cutting stimulus checks. And my understanding is that kind of this week and next week, the, a bunch of those are going to be hitting our accounts. Mm -hmm. And in reality, most of us don't actually need that money. Uh, I mean, some of you in our community have lost jobs or you've lost businesses and you do. You need that money to get by right now until your business can reopen or um, whatever it is. But most of us um, still have our jobs. We're doing just fine. I mean, we're stir crazy, but like financially, yeah. we're doing just fine. And we don't really need that money. And so I think this is a perfect time for us to, to get before the Lord and ask him what he would challenge us with. And just ask him, just say, Lord, what do you want me to do uh, with the abundance that I have? What do you want me to do specifically with this stimulus check that's coming any day now? Hmm. And for many of us, I believe he's going to direct that money toward generosity, mm. uh, giving to those even here in Spokane uh, who have lost jobs or lost their businesses. Uh, let's have our eyes open for those people. Uh, giving to the church and to our global partners specifically. Every dollar that we give has such a huge impact right now. Uh, in these in these countries, um, giving to other nonprofits, maybe you are doing awesome stuff in the city of Spokane, but are struggling to operate right now. Uh, I can't tell you exactly how God's going to direct you to give, but what I see and sense is that this present moment is just so ripe for generosity. I mean, this is it. This is our moment, and I want us to take it and run with it and take full advantage of it. Uh, we want to 
give as much as we're able to quote that scripture, as much as we're able and even beyond our ability, uh, knowing that there's this massive kingdom expansion that's happening right now and kingdom testimony that's to be had uh, here and now in Spokane and around the world. Uh, the, the eyes of the world see what the church is doing right now and the way that we're responding to this. Uh, and in addition to all that, I think just holding in our hearts the reality that Jesus is going to return one day and that his reward will be with him, uh, that we will ultimately stand before Jesus at the end of the age, knowing that we can't take a single dollar with us into the, into the kingdom of heaven. And we want to hear those words from his mouth, well done, good and faithful servant. Now come and receive your reward. Hmm. Those are great words, Matt. You know, as we were sharing, as you were sharing there um, about living generously, I was just reminded of uh, a story, and I'll kind of end my time here with this. A couple of years ago, uh, Coulter, my son, and a few others uh, went to South Africa, and we went there for the purpose of putting a roof on a, a community building. And I remember uh, going into the Diklabeng Church in outside of Clarence. And um, there's a there's a township right next to it called uh, Gubatswana, and we were able to be a part of their weekly food. Just I think it might have been a monthly food distribution to some of the poorer people in the area. And Coulter shared this just uh, just this last week. He he reminded me of the fact that he got to go in and bring some some supplies, basic supplies, probably some cornmeal, uh, maybe some potatoes and vegetables and different things. And he gave it to this woman who lived in a very, very simple tin hut. And she said, thank you, God. Thank you so much. She said, I was down to my last potato. And she pulls, she pulled, he said she pulled out this potato and it was, it was just old and dry and looked gray and had like an eye on it. And she said, now I can have a feast with my neighbors. I can share what you've given me wow. with my neighbors. And her response is is exactly what we're talking about. It's living out of faith and generosity. Hmm. And that's what that's what her her first that's what was in her heart. Her response was to give because she had been given. And uh, that's what we're talking about here today. Living generously means being a part of what God wants to do around the world. And we get to be a huge part of that here. Hmm. Tracy, would you pray for us as we close? Absolutely. Father God, you are such a good God. You love each one of us so much. You know us, Lord. You know the fears we have. You know the joys we carry, the dreams that each one of us have for our families, for our friends, for our children. And Lord, you have been such a generous God to us. You've given us so much. Lord, we look around and we see the things that we have, the things that we get to experience, the things that we get to be a part of, whether it's through the love of family and friends or whether it's through a good job or whether it's just being a part of what you're doing around the world. And Lord, our response is to say thank you. Thank you for, for loving us so much that we would be counted among the privileged who get to be part of seeing your kingdom come 
in Spokane as it is in heaven, in, in Bulacan in the Philippines as it is in heaven, in, in Bhutan and Nepal and northern India as it is in heaven, Lord. You are building your church. And, and Jesus, Jesus, use us. Use us however you see fit to do that, Lord. We, we hold our hands open and we say what we have is gift from you, Lord. Use it to see the people that you want to be blessed, blessed. Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, on a practical note, we've updated our online giving form uh, to so that you can now designate gifts specifically for uh, global relief, if that's where you want um, your gift to go. Uh, but bottom line, let's have open hearts and open hands in this crucial moment. Let's continue to lift up our global partners in prayer today, as many of us are fasting. And uh, in the coming hours and in the coming days, we want to start passing along uh, some of the videos and pictures from our friends around the world that are showing um, just the real relationships and real impact that our prayers and our giving are having uh, in for people who are in need. And we'll be posting those on Slack. If you are not part of this, our Slack community, but you want to be, uh, my email is on our website. You can just shoot me an email. I would love to get you connected uh, and part of the online community there. Uh, and in the meantime, have a great rest of your week and we'll see you on Sunday. 